You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, safe weekend. Welcome in, stay a while if you can. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. A lot to talk about. Peter King will stop by. Reggie Miller, final hour of the program. We'll check in with Pro Football Focus and their draft analyst, Mike Renner, who had some great, great opinions over the weekend following the uh, three days of the NFL draft. We'll explore the draft, some of the good, some of the bad, some of the ugly. Also, you had parts three and four of the Bulls documentary. We'll talk about the brilliance, the genius of Dennis Rodman. Coming up, uh, the New Orleans Saints are going to sign Jameis Winston to a one-year deal. They're locking up Taysom Hill what looks like to be a two- or three-year deal. Not quarterback money, but uh, pretty good money for a multi-purpose player. We'll talk about that coming up with Peter King as well. You can watch, if you like, youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. You can also listen, if you'd like, 362 radio affiliates around the country, including the Fox Sports Radio lineup. McLovin's job is to come up with a poll question. we got a couple of stats of the day. we got a play of the day coming up. As well, the first ever virtual NFL draft was a hit, a big hit. They're already talking about using some of these elements as they move forward with future drafts. And the ratings obviously didn't suffer. People were looking for something to watch, anything to watch. First and second day set records for viewership. And you show the executive, you show coaches, you show players at home, and it humanized these people. It provided a lot of fun content, content, and uh, you know people were picking apart the home decor of uh, the players and the coaches and the GMs. And some writers suggested doing the draft like this every year moving forward. I disagree with that. It's a novel approach, but you know this the, this called for this because of what we're going through. This wasn't somebody who said, "Hey, let's do this." This was a necessity. I can't imagine next year in L.A. or the following year in Vegas, you're going to do this and not really kind of explore what Vegas and Los Angeles are all about. You want that pomp and circumstance. This was great. You know, the draft has changed since they moved it out of Radio City Music Hall. Took over cities like Philadelphia and Nashville. Did a wonderful job. And I'm sure there's going to be compromises here. You can take the best parts of both formats, but either way, the draft will go down as a bright spot in NFL history. The commissioner and everybody in front of the camera, behind the camera, uh, behind the scenes did a wonderful job with this. The draft delivered both in abundance, entertainment and some optimism there. But I, I can't see moving forward where, hey, we're in Vegas. Remember, Vegas was going to have a boat. They were going to have gondolas taking the players to the stage. They, they had canals that they were going to use. That was the opposite of what we had. I liked it. It did humanize Belichick at home with his dog. Uh, you had the setup with Cliff Kingsbury, you, Mike Vrabel, kids, pets. You know, you had the, the draft picks at home with their family. I like it. You can incorporate that. I would love it if we had the capability, the technology, to be able to give you a screen of all of the war rooms. Now, you couldn't hear it, but you could pick your war room, and you could just watch that. Now, you could also have the split screen where you have the commissioner, you have the draft picks, you have videos, you know, whatever that is, you could do that. But you could pick your draft room, your war room there, and I think that would be entertaining. I did like the fact that you had these 
you know, front office people or coaches or players in their element with their families. And I think as we move forward, you'll incorporate some of that. But I, th- if that's all you were showing and you're not showing, you know, the red carpet and you're not showing what Vegas is going to look like when they roll this out, what they're going to do with the new stadium and the rollout in Los Angeles, you know, I think we like this because we were hungry for anything. You could have shown anything, and I think we would have been fine with it. But I, I can't imagine as we move forward where you go, okay, that's what the draft is going to be. You know, the network wants to show, you know, bells and whistles here. They want to have people in locations. They want to have beautiful pictures there. They weren't able to do that. You got creative lighting on Bristol, Connecticut in the ESPN headquarters. Like, that was the glam shot. Now, we did get some, you know, Cliff Kingsbury with his home. Uh, but other than that, you know, nobody really was had a tricked out place. I like this, the simplicity of Belichick there. And I think the dog made the pick. I, I, I started to think, did, did the dog hit a button? Did, like, Bill put him up there and all of a sudden did the, you know, the dog, you know, with his paw, like, click on something? And then they drafted the kid out of Lenore Ryan? And I thought that was his name. I went, they drafted Lenore Rhine. Oh, that's right. There is a college called Lenore Rhine. I liked it. It was fun. It was well done. I thought Reese Davis, Trey Wingo, to be able to navigate the traffic that you have there just on the draft by itself without this pandemic is hard to do. And they were able to do it seamlessly. Anybody want to keep... The, the draft the way it was. What we saw this weekend as we move forward, that's what you want to see. Any of the Danettes want to see this as we move forward? I liked it, but I, I liked it as a one-off. Yeah, Seton? Yeah, I think that there's some elements of it you can keep, but I don't want it to be that stripped down. That was a little too basic. Yeah. Paulie? I do like a handful of uh, draftees from home, and they, but they've always done that. They have draftees on the site, what if they have it in Vegas, but they'll have draftees at home. You can see the home reaction. So as long as they keep that part of it. But as far as like Belichick at home, I, that was perfect. That looks like what we would do doing a fantasy football draft. You pick, you jump up, you walk around your house, you go back, you pick. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Paulie. It was interesting to see the GMs and their kids, but I love the um, the Nashville and the Philly, the pomp, and I think the economic reasons are valid too. Like, are, isn't that a lot of yeah. money to those cities? Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and it will be for Los Angeles with that new stadium, and then of course Vegas when they get their opportunity. All right, eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. McLovin's got a poll question or two. There were a couple of surprises, not many surprises. Remember, leading up to the draft, we had a couple analysts say, oh, there's going to be a lot of trades. I don't think you had a lot of trades because of this virtual draft setup. I think that that played a large role in this, that teams were a little bit more cautious in what they were doing. And they locked in on who they wanted, and they did their damnedest to get that pick. You saw some outliers, which we'll talk about. You know, the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts. What happened with the Packers, with Jordan Love. But I think there are some GMs who were frustrated that they were trying to make picks and they couldn't do it. What do you have, McLevin? So, yeah, I had a question. What is the biggest surprise? The Packers taking quarterback in the first round, no wide receivers. The Eagles taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. I don't know if it's a surprise, but Jameis Winston signing with the Saints. 
Um, I, I, I'm fine with Jameis Winston signing with the Saints. I think it's you like really, that? Yes, I think it's a very good move. I got Sean Payton and, and I've got uh, Drew Brees. I, I don't need him to play, but when he does play, I want him to make better decisions. We all know he has great talent. He doesn't make good decisions. With Sean Payton and Drew Brees, no more excuses. If you can't learn with them, then you're not going to learn the position. I'm fine with that. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, I get it. This isn't about, hey, the Eagles are looking at maybe their Taysom Hill. I think they're looking at their quarterback and Carson Wentz. To me, this is more about Carson Wentz than it is we want to find our Taysom Hill as well or our, our Lamar Jackson. I think I like Jalen Hurts. I wish that he would have gone to a team where he would have been the eventual successor in maybe two years. But he might be playing because of the way Carson Wentz plays. I like what the Eagles did in getting Jalen Hurts. Nate Sudfeld is not going to scare anybody. I think Jalen Hurts has the ability to come in and put some pressure on a defense. If he has to, you know, but I think Carson Wentz played all uh, every game last year. You know, so maybe he's getting smarter, but he has to. Yes, McLovin. I got to tell you, Philly was ready to burn down Lincoln Financial Field. They were irate. The fans were oh, ballistic. Stop. You got your wide receiver in the first round, which you, you needed that. And you got it. This was a value pick, and you got Jalen Hurts, and you got a really, what I think is a really good backup quarterback you know, to start took, the season. They took a wide receiver that no one expected them to take Jalen Rager instead of the one that everyone knew, Jefferson from LSU. I know. You know, but then again, they booed McNabb in 98. I so. know. Look, we we don't know. We, we don't know. It's like when they go, oh, you know what? We're going to uh, bring in Nick Foles. Nick Foles, he can't play. You know, he nearly retired. How did that work out? And I was there at the McNabb draft when they booed him. And I went, God, they don't even know this guy. Donovan McNabb is a borderline Hall of Famer. No, we want those shiny objects that we know. Their job is to find the right person, not, hey, you, you guys don't know who this guy is. Well, then he can't be any good. That's not always the case. We know that. There are just so many situations where we go, who's that guy? Who's Russell Wilson? Wait, Dak Prescott? That's why when it comes to draft picks, when you see what you're doing, the team and what they're doing, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm assuming you got guys who spent a lot of time on that player or the player you're not going to take. Yeah, Paul. Dan, I went back and looked at some old drafts and draft grades today, and you're exactly right. When Russell Wilson was drafted, people said, that makes no sense. You just spent a bunch of money on Matt Flynn yeah. in the offseason. That's a wasted draft pick. When uh, Kirk Cousins was drafted by the Redskins, that makes no sense. In the first round, you took a quarterback, and you take one in the fourth, get him a lineman or a tight end. Same thing with um, you know, different uh, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like Tony Romo was in his prime. You don't need a quarterback. Yeah, that's why when it comes to the reaction overreaction, and you guys remember when people, Dallas Cowboy fans, wanted Johnny Manziel. Not Zach Martin. Not a Hall of Famer. You wanted Johnny Manziel because you knew Johnny Manziel. We like when our teams draft somebody we know. Then you get the Packers with Jordan Love. Now, I told you on Friday why I didn't like it for a couple of reasons. Now, I was letting it soak in. I was going to let it simmer a little bit and go, okay, maybe I have a different approach here. Maybe I'm going to feel differently about this. No, I feel worse about this if I'm a Packer fan for the following reason. You traded up 
for Jordan Love. Now, I told you that I found out, my source said the Colts were going to take Jordan Love. They ended up taking a quarterback in Jacob Eason out of Washington. They were going to take, from what I was told, they were taking Jordan Love. That's where the Packers wanted to go up and get it. Why? Maybe they think he's the next Patrick Mahomes. I have a problem with it. If you're, if you're going to look at the Green Bay Packers and say, well, you got the greatest quarterback, why can't he make these wide receivers great? Tom Brady did this. The reason why the Packers didn't go to the Super Bowl was because of their defense, not their offense. Now, do I think they were a legitimate 13-3 and team? I do not. In fact, the entire season, I even said on the show numerous times, I don't know how good the Packers are. And I still don't. I think they're more of a 10 or 11 win team. They won 13. They could have gone to the Super Bowl. The reason why they didn't, their defense. That's what they needed to shore up. Now, you can say, did they do a good job in that? Well, we can discuss that as well. If you're taking Jordan Love, you just signed up Aaron Rodgers. He's got four years left. So if I look at the financials here, what are you going to do? Trade him? Cut him? Is Rodgers leaving in the next two years? And I'm going to say probably not. Three years? Maybe. The reason why you draft a quarterback in the first round is you get to have that rookie contract. So I'm going to take Jordan Love. The first three years of that team-friendly contract, he's not playing. Then we get to the fourth year. Will he be playing then? What if we get to the fifth year where you've taken him and you've just wasted the five-year window to have a quarterback who doesn't make achingly painful money for the salary cap? Right? Look at what Alex Smith did for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs said, we can get Mahomes. He sits for one year. Not one and they win a Super Bowl because they have a team-friendly contract. That's why it doesn't make any sense for Jordan Love. Now, we could all sit here and go, well, but if he's a Pro Bowl quarterback and he's your quarterback for the next 10 years, he's not going to be my quarterback for the next four years. What I want out of that quarterback is immediate dividends. Joe Burrow plays right away. Tua sits for one year. Justin Herbert probably sits for one year. Now I have a team-friendly contract. Jordan Love, he's not sitting for one. He's not sitting for two. Maybe the third year you get Jordan Love in there. Maybe. That's best case scenario. That's why I didn't agree. You trade up. You could use defensive help. If you're going to trade up, trade up for somebody who helps you now on a 13-3 and team. Unless management went, you know, we're really not that good. We got a lot of holes here. You found a running back. Your wide receivers are, you know, aside from Devontae Adams, they're okay. Uh, that's not a ringing endorsement there. But I got Aaron Rodgers. Your, your defense was poor. Your defense hurt you. And the Niners ran all over you. If that's who, teams would always build their team in accordance to how they matched up with the Patriots. If I'm the Packers, how do we match up with the Niners? Who, by the way, Got even better. They did. Scary. I think Baltimore got better. And I'm talking about, you know, the elite teams getting better. Baltimore got better. 
but San Francisco got a steal in Trent Williams. So you have Joe Staley retire and they go get Trent Williams. Crazy. Get a wide receiver, you know, trade DeForest Buckner, you get defensive line. Like John Lynch did a good job. Did a good job. And that's the difference. They, you know, the San Francisco 49ers got better. Green Bay didn't get better. They got different, but they didn't get better, in my opinion. You didn't take any wide receivers. In a wide receiver heavy draft, you didn't take one. Okay. Is your defense going to be formidable? And if it is, then maybe this works out. Baltimore got better. You know, Dobbins, uh, Ingram, I think, is 30. So you got a guy, you know, another running back in there. Uh, I love Queen, Patrick Queen. You got a, a talented defensive player as well. But, you know, when people talk about a, a draft and they give you a grade, your draft is an entire draft, not just the first two picks. We focus on the first and second rounds. Drafts are won and lost after that. And I was also looking at the Vikings. Whether the Vikings had 12 picks on the last day? Like, an expansion team has 12 picks, not a team that's a playoff team. Those guys aren't going to... Why not take 12 picks and narrow and, and package that to get three picks? Because three picks, I can get guys who will play. 12 picks, they're not going to play on a playoff caliber team. Didn't understand that philosophy at all. Take the 12 and move up and get two great players instead of a bunch of bodies. And plus you have the offseason that's not an offseason. You're not even going to give them a chance to make the team. But if I trade those picks up and I get some guys who are going to play, that to me was the smart choice. All right. Come up with a poll question here. We'll talk to uh, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. I, uh, Fritzy said, you got to look at these opinions with Mike Renner. He did a great job. It was just, you know, there's no bias there. He just gives you a draft grade. And he'll tell you why he doesn't like the Chargers and what they did. Doesn't like what they did with Justin Herbert. And he had some thoughts prior to the draft on the Chargers should have gone all the way up to three. You know who had another good draft? The Lions. And it's rare when we say that about the Lions. I thought the Lions did well. Really did well. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, talk some football. We've got some phone calls. we got Reggie Miller a little later on. And uh, we've got a lot of topics to dive into. 20 after the hour, just getting started on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Dan Patrick Show brought to you by LegalZoom. No matter what happens, you want to make sure your loved ones are taken care of. That's why LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan. You don't even have to leave your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Michael in Michigan joins us. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me today? ADP, first time, long time, six foot, a meaty 215. I want to talk to you about this Packers pick, man. I've been sitting for three days just hearing everyone talk about the Packers and Jordan Love and, oh, my God, what they do. <laughs> you know, honestly, man, I got to tell you, who's our backup quarterback for when Rodgers goes down? Longtime Packer fan. I've seen a lot of Super Bowl runs shut down because we lose Rodgers. Well, we okay, okay. We go back in behind that. All right, here you go, Michael. Thank you for the phone call. If that's the case, then bring in Andy Dalton. 
or bring in Cam Newton or bring in Jameis Winston, if you're worried about who's our backup quarterback, I just didn't like the Jordan Love pick. You went up to get him. He's not going to play for at least three years. You want that team-friendly rookie quarterback contract. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And I know he might be the next Patrick Mahomes. We keep hearing that. You needed to shore up your defense because the Niners gouged you, ran all over you. And you went, you were, you were a win away from the Super Bowl. I don't know. Uh, Mike Renner, pro football focus, lead draft analyst, and uh, did a great job in summing up the draft. He had great opinions there. And Mike joins us now. Mike, good morning. Let me uh, start with the Jordan Love trade. Explain it. Tell me the good of the Packers taking Jordan Love. Well, the good is I mean, with the rest of their draft, I think that ended up being their best pick, uh, actually. So uh, the good is that he has the tools. Like the Patrick Mahomes comparison that everyone wants to make, it's not fair to him. He doesn't necessarily have that level of ability or even that level of performance at college, but he has that natural arm talent. You saw it on his tape at Utah State. We track these things called big-time throws here at PFF, which are special downfield throws with accuracy. He was still top five in the nation last year in that category, despite playing with not a lot of talent around him at Utah State. So that's what you fall in love with, with him. The pick, though, I can't get on board with it in national media. No one seems to be able to get on board with it just because of Aaron Rodgers, four years left on his contract, Jordan Love, up and down over the course of his career, almost as many picks as touchdowns last year. You better be right about this valuation if you're Brian Gutekunst or else you just drafted a guy who didn't even play at a big school, who's not wasn't even good last year, to usurp Aaron Rodgers. Do you like Jordan Love better than Justin Herbert? I'll say I'd rather come away from the first round with Jordan Love than Justin Herbert because I think he can get to that level. Like I think his ceiling could be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Justin Herbert, for as much as, you know, the big arm that evaluators fall in love with and looks the part, looks great in shorts, he didn't have that level of, you know, downfield accuracy or level of accuracy just in general. Now he operated the offense there at Oregon State a little bit better. He's a little bit more uh, capable right at the moment, but he's the same guy we saw as a sophomore at, or at Oregon. His grade actually peaked sophomore year. The things you wanted to see improve, more throws with touch, uh, more, you know, improve accuracy, more command of the offense, you didn't see over the course of his career. So usually when guys are four-year stars in college, you like it, but the fact that he didn't get any better is almost a negative in our eyes. What should the Chargers have done? They should have moved up. I mean, quite frankly, I thought going in that that was their plan. They were going to move up to get to a tongue of Iloa because they need people to fill that stadium. They're laughing stock of the NFL, not filling out an MLS stadium. They need to sell tickets, you know, sell season tickets there. Two was the guy that moves the needle personality wise, you know, with what he's done and the stats he had at Alabama. Uh, I think he's a much, much better quarterback prospect. I, I can't see how you could evaluate both of them and not come to that conclusion. So, I don't know what it would have taken for them to move up. I don't think it would have taken that much because, you know, anyone they would have moved up with would have gotten the same guy. So uh, crazy to me that they didn't and stuck and got Herbert. When you look at your draft strategy, when you apply these grades, um, how do you come up with your formula that you're going to give somebody an A or an A plus or give somebody a C minus? So that part is not as scientific as some of the, as the draft board, actually. That, that one's more a little subjective, I'll okay, say. Okay. But we, we do, it is based on where they, that we valued them on our draft board. And more so, what we factor into our draft board that a lot of people might not is the positional value that you're getting with these picks. If you're drafting a running back in the second round, you're just not going to recruit your value the way you could with, say, a cornerback, with a pass rusher or something in the, at that point in the draft. So 
that's one thing we factor in heavily here at Pro Football Focus. But you have the Chiefs taking a running back at the end of the first round, and it, it's not who they take, it's when they take him, because then the Lions take Swift in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, which one's smarter? Or Explain your philosophy on that. So running backs, the, the biggest thing is, I mean, the Chiefs saw it themselves. You've got a guy off the street who was damn near your Super Bowl MVP because what matters at the running back position in terms of production is not necessarily skill level. Like the, the evaluation of the skill level is one of the least important things in terms of how many yards per carry they get and, and how productive your rushing offense is. It's much more play calling. It's much more the quality of your offensive line that matters to those things. So the success or not success of your running game, the running backs, a small cog in that part in that puzzle and the fact of the matter is there's just a lot of guys who are dynamic running threats at the position. There's a lot of running backs who are talented. And so you, that's why you see a guy like Philip Lindsay go as a UDFA and have a higher yards per carry over the first two years of his career. than Saquon Barkley who went number two overall. That's just, that's a fact of life in the NFL. And so we don't want to be taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands. We think he's that good. We think that passing offense is that dynamic that if you draft a guy in the first round in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you almost have to give him carries to justify that pick. Mm. And that's taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. All right. Well, then using that philosophy or those opinions, if I go back, obviously Leonard Fournette then is a bad draft pick for Jacksonville. No matter what he did, Saquon Barkley is a bad draft pick for the Giants considering where they took him? I believe so. And it's the opportunity cost what you gave up with a number two overall pick. You could have drafted guys, and I'm trying to think back to that draft, who was all on the board. Uh, you could have drafted, obviously, a quarterback. Well, Quentin Nelson. You drafted, you, yeah, you could have drafted a guard in Quentin Nelson. And you look at the Colts' offensive and, and their rushing game over the past two years has been better than the Giants' rushing game over the past two years because that offensive line is what matters to the running game. And, the off, and also, when you invest in that offensive line and you know, draft those guys up front, it also has an added effect to the passing game because the best run blockers are also usually the best pass protectors. So that's where I'm going to invest if I do want to improve my running game. There were a couple of teams that I liked with what they did. And then I sort of changed my opinion after I read what Pro Football Focus was talking about. You know, did the Ravens have a good draft? Felt like the Cowboys had a good draft. I like what the Lions did. I'm still got a question mark with the Dolphins because I got a question with Tua and even Austin Jackson, who they took later in the first round as a project. So uh, grade my grade. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the Dolphins, they win just because Tua Tungabailoa at number five is a slam dunk. And any other year, he doesn't have the hip, whatever. He goes number one overall. Joe Burrow doesn't exist. We're talking about him as number one overall pick right now. So that getting him at fifth when usually a guy like that goes either first or second in every single draft is a massive win for them, not having to trade up. The Austin Jackson pick, first round is where is not where you take projects on the offensive tackle position yeah. because athletic tools at offensive tackle don't necessarily translate. We look at you know combine data. The combine data at the offensive tackle position is not nearly as predictive to future success as it is for a lot of other positions. So you can chase guys who have the athleticism. That doesn't mean they're going to be good pros. And Austin Jackson, his tape at USC, uh, was not great. I mean, he got beaten a lot, especially look at the bowl game against Iowa and AJ Epinesa, three sacks he allowed that game. So not great there. So I, I you go back and forth, still a good draft getting your franchise quarterback though. The Ravens is the one where yes, you love the linebacker pick and some of the ones later on, but they had Gus Edwards averaging five and a half yards per carry. A UDFA going back to that running back conversation yeah, yeah. didn't necessarily need to get a JK Dobbins there. I'm not sure what he brings to the table 
that they didn't necessarily already have. So the Cowboys, that's though, just a little lower. I like what the Cowboys did. I, I think it was a smart, you know, Jerry usually has that. Jerry, the owner, has the temptation to do something crazy. You know, it felt like Jerry, the GM and Jerry, the owner, were on the same page. I love the Cowboys draft. One of the four A pluses we gave out was Dallas's and the CD lamb pick, while it might may seem decadent to get that third receiver in there, Mike McCarthy uses three wide receivers. That was like his MO in green Bay was he never took uh, those three receivers off the field. It was like 90 plus percent of their snaps. So that means CD lamb's a starter. And that means from day one, he's going to be playing for them. And we had him as the sixth overall player in this draft class. We love that pick. And then to get Trayvon Diggs in the second round, the Alabama cornerback, second longest wingspan of any cornerback in this draft class. He only allowed 160 yards all season long outside of that LSU game that everyone remembers from getting torched. But the rest of the year, he dominated. People thought they might have taken him in the first round, took him all the way in the second. So to slam dunk those first and second round picks at valuable positions in our eyes, Cowboys, one of the best drafts. Okay, so Cowboys get an A+. Did you give the Dolphins an A+. I did not. I can't remember off the top of my head what okay. I gave the Dolphins. Let's Who see else here. got the A-pluses? The other A-pluses were the Cleveland Browns. They got three guys. Their first three picks were top seventy-five or top 25 players on our draft board in Jordan Elliott, Grant Delpit, and Jedrick Wills there in the first round. Also, the Arizona Cardinals, who got Isaiah Simmons in the first, Josh Jones in the third, which, in my opinion, was the steal of the draft, the Houston offensive tackle. Yeah. We have the 14th player on our draft board. Yeah. They needed offensive line help, thought they'd go there in the first round to get that guy in the third was crazy. And you got to factor in the DeAndre Hopkins trade, like a second-round pick to flip that into DeAndre Hopkins. Massive win for them. Uh, and then the last A-plus for us was the uh, – gosh, off the top of my head, blanking here. Denver Broncos, gosh, yeah. And so Jerry Judy – KJ Hamler, they had a theme of this draft, and that was to get Drew Locke the weapons he needs, the speed he needs, and also Alberto at tight end who ran a four four nine. They're gonna they're gonna go toe to toe with the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of speed and out in the AFC West and give Drew Locke every chance he needs to succeed there. Uh, the worst grade that you handed out was it's the Green Bay Packers. And like I said, for Jordan Love to be their best selection was crazy to me. If, if I would have told you that after the first day, you would have said I was dead wrong. But then they draft a running back, a backup running back mind you, in the second round uh. and a fullback in the third round. <laughs> it, it, they drafted like it was 1989. <laughs> it was good stuff, Mike. I uh, really enjoyed reading it and uh, we appreciate you coming on. For sure, Dan. Thanks for having me on. It's Mike Renner, a pro football focus lead draft analyst. And you know, you start to read these analysis, you're starting to read and you hear grades and then you're like, all right, what are they basing this on? And then you get their information and what they've been, you know, what they program, what they put into their computers. And so you may not agree with all of it, but I found it interesting uh, with the Chargers should have moved up that Justin Herbert is not in the same category as Jordan Love. Didn't like the Jordan Love trade. Cowboys did well. Broncos are basically saying we see your... You know, it's a copycat league. We see your formula in Kansas City, and we're going to try to match that. And that's what they did, bringing in these wide receivers there. You know, Baltimore taking a running back. Dobbins is, you know, a great running back. But is he, does it make sense to take a running back? You know, the Cowboys or the uh, Packers had a running back, and then you take a running back. And then you're taking a fullback. Like, they're just things that, and look, you know, I could sound silly in a couple of years when we look back and go, yeah, weren't you the one that didn't like Jordan Love? He may be great. He may be. But by the time he's great, he's going to be ready to sign a contract that's going to pay him $40 million a year. He's not helping you win in the next two years or three years, unless you go, well, Rodgers is injury prone. 
Okay. That's it. Carson Wentz is, is, you know, injury prone. But all I would do is get a high-end backup instead of using that draft pick on a quarterback that I don't think is going to help me in the next couple of years. If, if you can get Andy Dalton to be the backup quarterback, to me, that makes more sense than it does using a first-round draft pick where you trade up on a quarterback who will not help you in the next couple of years. Play of the Day is up next. Your phone calls as well. We'll settle on a poll question. Uh, Peter King will join us coming up next hour. Reggie Miller in the final hour of the program. Dan and the Dan at Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. McLovin, would you explain that to me? That... You're drafting a quarterback yeah. because is that what the Packers did? They drafted Jordan Love because they're worried that Aaron Rodgers is going to get the coronavirus? Well, there's a lot of people have been talking about this. Say your quarterback does get the coronavirus, even if he has light symptoms, he'll have it for two to five weeks, and then he'll have to do two more weeks. You could lose a quarterback for seven weeks in the prime of the season. and then. But the thing is, you'll probably lose the whole locker room too. So that's, that was a discussion that was happening over the weekend on Twitter with like a lot of real NFL writers. That seems silly. Why is that? Well, okay, so is Jalen Hurts immune to this? No, no, no. But you want to make sure you have a backup plan. But you're exactly right. But what if the backup plan is my backup and he's a rookie and then I'm worried if he gets the coronavirus or now I'm going to put him in because my starting – okay. Maybe that's the case. Maybe somebody told that to Adam Schefter, but I can't – I don't understand that philosophy. And they're in the same room for months. You know, the quarterbacks all hang out together. So there's no way that Jalen Hurts wouldn't get it. You're absolutely right. Drew in Tampa joins us. Hi, Drew. What's on your mind today? How are we doing, Dan? First time caller, longtime listener, six foot, 205. Um, well, my Philadelphia Eagles on the clock, 53. Um, love the draft. Um, nice breakaway from what's going on in the real world. Um, at 53, you know, I got my, uh, you know, I got hole, holes all over the field, O-line, a little banged up. Maybe some corner help. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts was very surprising to me. Um, just even Wentz, the four-year deal. Um, I was just super surprised that 53, we would take a backup QB. I mean, maybe we have some plans like a Taysom Hill type deal. Um, I just wanted to know your opinion on that pick and did you like it or not. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts. I wasn't. I was surprised that he went to Philadelphia. But I don't know if this pick is more about Carson Wentz and his playing style he played all 16 games. He got concussed in the, in the postseason, but maybe his style has been modified and he won't take these risks. That's always been my knock on him that I, you know, you're not at North Dakota State. You can't take these chances. And I like Jalen Hurts, but uh, do they have other needs? Yes. I was surprised the Eagles went there. Yes, McLovin. There was another theory that they picked him to push Carson Wentz to sort of try and um, make him better and make give him some... Uh, motivation. Yeah, but Same I don't want Rodgers. him to be pushed with a guy who has a different style. I don't want Carson Wentz to go, oh, you think Jalen's good at doing that? Watch me run. No. No, that I, I don't I don't want Carson Wentz doing what Jalen Hurts did in college. That's that's part of the problem. That's how we got here in the first place. Don't like that. Uh, I got a stat of the day here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in his uh, last two seasons at Texas Tech threw 25 interceptions fourth most in the FBS over those two seasons. 
He goes, no, I'm not done yet. That's not... <laughs> Prematurity. Yes. He goes to Kansas City, sits one year behind Alex Smith, who has the eighth lowest interception rate of all time. And Mahomes turns into an MVP. No, I'm not done yet. Jordan Love, 17 interceptions last season, most in the FBS. Now he'll sit behind Aaron Rodgers, who has the lowest interception ratio of all time. A little theme there. Hit the music. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that one stat of the day. So maybe you sit behind somebody and you're going to, by proxy, get better. Jameis Winston with Drew Brees, Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Maybe. Maybe there's a theme there. But I just, I, I don't see that being a smart pick for the Packers for the reasons I told you. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the Dan Patrick Show app, watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Yes, Paul? When uh, the rumor was out there that James Winston's uh, signing with the Saints, a lot of people had the same joke. Well, Jameis is used to throwing the ball to Saints players, so mm. it was too easy. But mean everyone, spirited. yeah, everyone had it. Mean spirited. He got a lot of talent, but it comes down to decision making for me with Jameis Winston. I think he thinks he's better than what he is. I'll take less talent for somebody to be smarter, because if you have all of those interceptions and you took away half of those interceptions with the Buccaneers, they're a playoff team. And that's where you bring in Tom Brady now. That's where Jameis Winston could learn from Tom Brady. You know, you don't want to pay him anywhere near that money that he wants. I don't know what he's going to get from the Saints, but, you know, that, that, that's a smart, I think it's a smart business decision to bring him in. He knows the division, and he can give you your scouting report, their scouting report on you, and he's played against these other teams. Not that Drew needs that, but certainly getting the Tampa Bay uh, aspect of this. And you got a legitimate backup quarterback, and you still have Taysom Hill. Yeah, Paul. Maybe it'll help your defense in practice. They'll get their confidence wow. up because they'll pick them off so many times. Wow, once You're again. A motivational tool. Mean-spirited. No offense. Mean-spirited. Yeah, no offense. All right, McLevin, you got a poll question for me? Yeah, I put up what was the biggest surprise of the draft weekend, and a runaway winner was the Packers taking QB yeah. and no wide receivers. The second place was that there were no major technical glitches. Yeah, I thought that they did a really good job with it. They kept it simple, which is, that's what you want to do. You want to keep it simple. You don't want to do, usually what happens, you try to do so much. And there's always that risk and reward. If you just go, look, it's going to be simple. Here's the camera. Uh, We'll do some interviews here. You know, you had some virtual hugs as well. I always worried that every time Tom Rinaldi came on, somebody was going to die. Like, I just go, oh, there's Tom Rinaldi. Somebody died. I didn't like the draft profile, and then they always had something tragic at the bottom. Like, I felt bad for the guy that nothing happened to him, so he's just a regular <laughs> guy. Like, no, like nothing, like somebody didn't steal your bike when you were seven? So you have both parents and their health is intact? What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, Seaton. <laughs> right, they even got Maria Taylor in on it. Like, every time they went to her, you knew a sibling was in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, boy. And let's go to Tom Rinaldi. No! No, somebody's dying. A tragic hedge clipper accident yes. in 1995. Yes, McLovin. 
Yeah, they had like a 43-inch broad jump on one line. The next line was like an uncle who was addicted to something. Yes. It made no sense. Yes. It was like a stat. Yes. Yeah. I didn't need to know that much about my, my draft picks. I didn't. Yeah, for two. Yeah, there's a lot of criticism on the graphic for T. Higgins about his mom battling alcoholism. That uh, that might have been a little too much stuff to, to make that one of the points on a graphic. I might have been. <laughs> no, it was. Might have been. Yeah, it, it was. Too much information. Like you've always been around people, and then they start to tell you stories, and you go, that's, that's way too much information. It felt like, hey, we're going to tell you everything about this draft pick. And I went, no, not too much information. I don't need to know that. We can get to that point, but uh, it felt like everybody had a bad bottom line there. Yeah, Paul. Do you overcompensate next year? You know, Ted Smith in Nebraska runs a 4-3-40. Dad pays taxes early. You know, really positive, <laughs> normal, bland stuff. No, no. It, it would be dad Dad didn't pay taxes yeah. on the lamb from the IRS. Like, okay. Are there going to be white-collar crimes that we're going to put in here? Cuts tags off mattresses. Ooh. <laughs> I remember you could go to jail for that or get arrested. Last Dance Parts 3 and 4 will discuss and the hatred that still exists between the Bulls and the Pistons. Reggie Miller will join us. Peter King will join us coming up as well. Seton Pauly, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. Hour one in the books, two more to go on this Monday. Dan Patrick Show.